I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited to preach the Word. And um, as I said, th- this Word's been on my heart for a little while. And before I, I kind of want to get into tonight's message and, and before I um, kind of share the title of my message with you tonight, I, I just wanted to share th- this thing that's just been on my heart recently about a move of God that's gonna take place over Australia. And I believe right now in 2022, it is such a privilege to be in the time that we are right now, in the place that we are right now. And I believe that God is just gonna move over Australia and there's gonna be powerful things that are gonna break out in and around the church. And there are so many people, so many spiritual leaders at the moment that they're kind of getting this confirmation that there's this move of God coming. And I don't wanna miss this move of God. I don't wanna miss this revival that's gonna take place in our nation. I want us as a church, as City Point Church, to be a part of this move of God that's gonna take place in Australia. But I know that this, that move of God, and when God moves and when revival breaks out, it never happens accidentally. It always happens intentionally. And I know that if we're gonna see God move, it's gonna require us as Christians to um, step up and to be all in for Jesus. I know beyond that, it's gonna require a small grandstand and a large team of people that are working together to see the Kingdom of God advance. And you know, tonight I was gonna preach on contributing to this and you know, serving um, and, and doing these things. But you know, just in my preparation this week, I had something just pop up on my heart that I just wanted to gravitate around tonight. Because I know this, if we're gonna see a move of God in this nation, we gotta be in one mind, in one spirit, and we gotta be on the same page. Because I know one of the, the enemy's greatest attacks is if he can just get the church moving in different directions. Because he knows there's power in unity. You know, Psalms 133 verse one says, how pleasant is it when the people of God are united together. And I know there's power when we work together as a team and the enemy knows if we were just to go in the same direction, if we were just to chase after the same thing, man, we become unstoppable because the power of God is upon us. So tonight, I kind of wanted to get us on the same page and I've titled my message, What is Christianity? What is Christianity? Turn to the person next to you and say, what is Christianity? You know, we're entering into, or we've been in it for a little while, our Elephant in the Room series as a church. And I've absolutely loved this series. I've loved, you know, some big topics that we've been hitting around our faith and, and really getting clarity on how we stand as Christian believers in today's society. And, you know, tonight, I, I wanted to kind of go back to basics a little bit, and I hope that's okay. Because I know this, that, you know, as a church, we don't have a knowledge issue. We have an obedience and application issue. You know, so many times we want more knowledge, we wanna know everything, but can I just encourage us that, man, we need some more obedience and we need some more um, doers of the Word and not just hearers of the Word. And I know that when we have more doers of the Word, when we are people that are gonna be obedient no matter what, this is when we're gonna see a move of God come over this nation. So tonight, I'm gonna keep it a little bit basic, but I pray that we would be inspired to be more obedient to the Word of God and chase after Him with everything that we have. We're gonna define what it is to be a Christian. You know, I I think, you know, in today's society, being a Christian can mean a million and one things. Let's be real. 40% of people in our latest census in Australia said that they were Christian. 
Imagine if 40% of people actually chased after God with everything they had and surrendered everything to Him. That tells me that there's probably just a discrepancy in people's definition of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to follow Christ. The word Christianity is broken up into two words. Uh, The first one is Christ, which means Christ or anointed. And and the second one is Tian, which means one or little. And, And what it actually means, this word Christianity is little Christ. And it was given to the followers of Jesus back in the day as almost a derogatory term that they used to label them as little Christ because they realised that the people that followed Jesus, all they wanted to do was be like Him. They wanted to talk like Him. They wanted to walk like Him. They wanted to follow Him. Everything about their life just wanted to be about Jesus. This is where Christianity came from. But what does it mean today? You know, it means anything from a CEO Christian. What is a CEO Christian? A Christmas and Easter only Christian. They come at Christmas, they come at Easter, and then we don't see them for the rest of the year in church. Um, It's become anything from even maybe, you know, going to Sunday school when someone was younger and somewhat knowing what Christ has done for us. Some people, you know, when when you ask them what the definition of a Christian is, is they say, you know, it's just, you know, if you go to church on a Sunday, that's what defines your faith. Um, Some people, you know, even they would answer, hey, what makes me a Christian is the uh, Scripture in my Instagram bio which is either, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 or John 3, 16. It just alternates between the two with maybe a little love heart next to it or a cross symbol. Maybe some people will be like, well, I guess I kind of wear a cross necklace. So does that kind of make me a Christian? I, I don't really know what it means. So, some people, um, and, and then for others, you know, it, it is them genuinely following Jesus with everything that they have and laying everything at His feet. So tonight, I kind of wanted to define what it is to be a Christian because the reality is, is our culture, in our culture today, we can forget the biblical definition of what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. And if we're moving towards all these different things, we're gonna be split in our focus and we're not gonna see a move of God. But if we are on the same page when it comes to what we are following, what we are trying to, to attain, what we believe, then this is when something powerful is gonna break out. You know, so what does it mean to, to be a Christian? I, and I, I get as well uh, tonight that there's a lot of aspects of this, but if we're to boil it down to the basics, a Christian is someone that accepts Jesus as Lord and Saviour and follows Him. Accepts Jesus as Lord and Saviour and follows Him. And, and I think, you know, um, so many people in today's day and age, they accept Jesus, but they don't wanna follow Jesus. You know, in that definition, I said it's to, um, to chase after Jesus, to accept Jesus as Lord and as Saviour. I think there's so many people that accept Him as Saviour and they say, Jesus, it's amazing that You've saved me, that You died on the cross for me, that You rose again for me. But we're living in a time and a culture where not many people accept Him as Lord. What is the, what is the difference? I think if you accept Jesus as Saviour, you will just accept Him. But if you accept Him as Lord, you will also follow Him. Because the good news of the Gospel is that Jesus came, no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, and He died on the cross for every single one of us and He rose again three days later. That is the good news of the Gospel. But the news on the other side of that is that just as Jesus died for us, we also have to die to ourselves to follow Him. 
It's a two-sided coin. So many times we can just look towards the grace part and we can look towards the acceptance part and we can look towards the Saviour part, but then we are stuck because we don't wanna follow Him. But can I tell you, someone that calls themselves a Christian is someone that says, you know what? Jesus, I accept you as Saviour, but I also know you as my Lord and I wanna follow you. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to follow Jesus, you know, if you're to follow Him, you follow His example. If you're to follow Him, you're to follow His teaching. You live in a life in a way that pleases Him in the life that He's called you to live. And it's almost like in today's day and age, if someone fulfills this definition of being a Christian, we call them a radical Christian. It's like, wow, oh my gosh, you're, you're like so radical. But the reality is, is this is just the status quo. This is just the standard of being a Christian is to accept Jesus and follow after Him with everything you have on the inside. Um, there's this guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer and he was a martyr in World War I. He's an amazing man of faith and you know, he, he followed Jesus and had an amazing call on his life. And, um, and you know, even he went to prison and some of the prison guards came to Jesus because they saw the way that this man prayed. They, they literally saw his passion, they saw his devotion, and there were some guards that did not know who Jesus was or what he was capable of doing. But they said, if Dietrich Bonhoeffer prays like that, I wanna become a Christian because I know that God is real. Imagine if we had prayers like that. The people saw us chase after Jesus with everything that, had, that we had, and they saw that and they're like, man, I can't help but get enough of that as well. But he, he says this quote and he's quoting what Christianity is gonna become. And I think that this is where we're living in today and this is what it's become in today's society. And it's gonna be on the screen behind me. He says this, he says, I can therefore cling to my secular existence and remain as I was before, but with the added assurance that God's grace will cover me. It is the, under the influence of this kind of grace that the world has been made Christian, but at the cost of secularizing the Christian religion like never before. The Christian life comes to mean nothing more than living in the world and as the world in being no different from the world. In fact, in being prohibited from being different from the world for the sake of grace. The upshot of it all is that my only duty as a Christian is to leave the world for an hour or so on a Sunday morning to go to church to be assured that my sins are all forgiven. I need no longer to follow Christ for the sake of cheap grace. His describing what Christianity is gonna become. And if we're being real with ourselves, is in the culture we're living in right now, what defines us as Christian is often our church attendance on a Sunday. But can I tell you, it is way more than that. It is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and following after Him, following His example, following His teaching, following about what the Word of God says about our Saviour. You know, so many times we, we can think that Christianity is about adding Jesus into the mix of our life. But can I tell you that Christianity is far deeper than adding Jesus into the you know, mix of our life and trying to schedule you know, Jesus into our already existing calendar. No, Christianity is about us giving our life to Jesus. This is what it is about, you know, uh, everything in our life, we come to a point where everything needs to glorify Him and everything needs to point to Him. This is what Christianity is. And I know that if we're gonna see revival in this nation, if we're gonna see revival in this church, man, this needs to become the standard of what a Christian is. 
And I know it's a big call. I know it's a tough call, but this needs to become the standard. I love what it says in Matthew 16, verse 24. Everyone's silent. Everyone's just, I'm gonna do it again. Matthew 16, verse 24. I love it. It says this, Then Jesus said to His disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Being a Christian isn't just about liking Jesus. It isn't just about adding Jesus into your life. It's about following Jesus in every aspect of your life. This is what being Christian is. You know, it's not that Jesus would just be nice. It's that Jesus is your everything. And I know what some of you are probably thinking right now. You're like, okay, well, if it's to deny myself, take on my cross and follow Jesus, do I have to quit my job and become a pastor? No, you don't. Short answer. Because, you know, our world needs CEOs and business people that are gonna be all in for Jesus and will follow Him. Our world, you know, needs some university students that are gonna be all in for Jesus and follow Him. Our world needs some school students that are gonna be all in for Jesus and are gonna start following Him. You know, our world right now needs some fathers and some families to be all in for Jesus and start following Him. This is what our world needs. Our world needs life group leaders that are gonna be all in for Jesus and start following and chasing after Him with everything that they have. This is what our world needs. No matter who you are, God can use you. You just gotta be all in for Him. And I love when Jesus first calls His disciples you know, they're, they're, they're fishing and He says, hey, come follow me. I'm gonna send you out to fish for people. Now, this wasn't Jesus being funny. This isn't Jesus just having a nice little pun in the Word of God. This is an intentional statement. What is Jesus saying in this statement? He's, like, he's saying, hey, I, I don't wanna change who God has called you to be. No, I wanna use who God has called you to be. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to, you know, be able to sing. You don't have to be able to get up on a microphone and preach. No, He says, whoever you are, I wanna use you if you would just follow me. If you would just follow me. And this is the call to every Christian. Would we follow Jesus with everything that we have? So if being Christian is all about Jesus, what are some things in culture right now that can limit us from following Him. I wanna go through a couple of things tonight that following Jesus is not, that maybe culture tells us this is what following Jesus means. The first one is following Jesus is not always comfortable. Can I just break down that lie for a second? Is that when you say yes to being a Christian, you are not saying yes to a comfortable life. You aren't, I'm sorry to break it to you. You know, the Christian call isn't a call just to work nine to five, sit on Netflix, you know, the rest of your time and come to church for an hour a week. That isn't the Christian call. The, the, the Christian call is a call where we lay down our life for Jesus. It requires some uncomfortable, you know, spots in our life. It requires us going through some uncomfortable things. You know, and, and I believe that, you know, now is a time more than ever where we need to be obedient to God with no strings attached. No strings attached. I'm so guilty of this, attaching strings to my obedience with God. Can I tell you that obedience with God is less about the outcome and it's more about intimacy. So many times our obedience hinges on the outcome. Is this gonna be good for me? Is this gonna bless me? Is this gonna leave me better off? But can I tell you, we need a generation and a, a, a church right now that says, God, I wanna be obedient with no strings attached. Yeah. 
Look at Daniel in the book of Daniel. Is that he was obedient when he gained favour with the king, but he was also obedient when he got sent to a lion's den. That's the type of obedience God is looking for. Look at Paul. You know, he, he was obedient when people were singing his praises, but he was also obedient when he was threatened to be thrown into prison. He was even obedient up until the point of prison. You know, look at even David. He was obedient in the paddock, but he was also obedient as king. God is looking for people that are saying, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, people that are like, God, I, I just wanna be obedient with no strings attached. God, I don't care about the outcome. I can't control the outcome, but what I can control is my obedience to you and I wanna live in obedience to you. You know, I think that at the moment is very countercultural to be uncomfortable. Is that in our life, we seek comfort and we, we seek, seek security. You know, we want a good comfortable job or a secure job. We want, you know, the comfortable house with, you know, the good mortgage and all these things. But I believe that, God is requiring people right now to get in zones of uncomfortability with Him. Get in zones of uncomfortability. Is that, you know, sometimes our call as a Christian requires us to stretch a little bit. Sometimes our call as a Christian will put us into some uncomfortable situations. And if you don't believe me, is that, you know, I've been through many uncomfortable situations in my faith. There was one situation I was in where at, at the start of last year, I had to choose between if I wanted to pursue a business career or if I wanted to, you know, come on staff here at church. And it was a decision that I wrestled with for over six months. I thought I'd made my decision, but then I would second guess it and I would second guess it again and I would second guess it again. And, you know, I remember being, you know, so uncomfortable in this time and I remember God speaking to me, Liam, you've got to give up business. I'd studied accounting for three years. I was working in accounting for just under two years and I loved what I did. But God's like, Liam, you've got to give that up and you've got to come on, you know, staff. I want you to do ministry. In my head, I thought that I was going to do business for way more years than I did. But in that moment, I had to be obedient to God and get a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm so grateful that I got uncomfortable and was obedient to Him because I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, there, there was this other time where uh, last year, me and Maddie, we just felt on our heart to do a 6.30 prayer meeting on Wednesday mornings for youth. Now, this is pretty inconvenient. You, you gotta wake up super early. You gotta be at church. You gotta, you know, get everything ready so that we could have this prayer meeting to pray over the youth every single Wednesday morning. And when we started it, you know, there was only three of us there for a couple of months. But we heard from God and we're like, God, you know what? We just wanna be obedient to You. And can I tell you that we started praying over schools starting to open. We started praying over the youth of this you know, region. And just recently, I just shared in the generosity moment that a state school opened up for us so that we could go in and share the Gospel with them. But you know what? I'm, I'm so grateful that I didn't let inconvenience hold me back from my obedience to God. I think so many times we think that obedience is gonna be partnered with convenience, but often it's the opposite way around, is that God is just looking for some people that say, you know what, no matter what it costs, whatever it takes, God, I wanna be obedient to You. I may not be able to control the outcome, but what I can control is my obedience to You. My obedience to You. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, if you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. 
A lot of people like, there's gonna be like no salvations at the end of tonight. But it's so true. Is that I don't, I don't wanna tell people that the Christian life is a comfortable life because it's not. Look at Abraham and Isaac. Abraham had his promised son and then God says, would you give up your son? That's uncomfortable. Look at Job. Look at what Job went through. God loved him. He was obedient. What he went through was so uncomfortable. Look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. At the start of Daniel, they get favour from the king because, you know, they're doing stuff for the king. But in Daniel 3, the script changes and they start, uh, the king says, you know what, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. That's a bit uncomfortable. It's not like they were thrown into a lounge room with Netflix, like they were thrown into a fiery furnace and it was turned up seven times the amount of its normal heat. That's uncomfortable. Look at Jesus, look at the cross. Uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, but Jesus, He loved us so much. He laid down everything for us in that uncomfortability because He knew that obedience to God was the greatest thing. And I love what it says, and we read it before. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Taking up your cross is uncomfortable. It is inconvenient. But we don't need convenient Christians right now. We need obedient Christians that say, God, whatever it takes, whatever you want, God, I am there. I wanna surrender. I wanna follow you with everything that I have. What are some areas you might need to get uncomfortable in? Maybe it's serving. Maybe you've been playing off serving for a little bit and you need to start serving. Maybe it doesn't fit your schedule right now. Get a little bit uncomfortable and serve God with everything you have. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe you need to rise up early in the morning and start seeking God. I know it's winter. I know it's cold. Let's be real. But maybe you need to get a little bit uncomfortable and get a little bit inconvenient. Maybe you need to pray for someone in your workplace. I don't know what it is, but we need to start getting uncomfortable again because we're gonna follow Jesus. The second thing that I have is that following Jesus is not progressive. You know, there's this thing going around at the moment, which is progressive Christianity. And essentially what it is, is, is Christianity not based on biblical truths, but one that is more concerned with individual opinions. It's a belief that the Bible and Jesus change with the times. But can I just tell you in Hebrews 13 verse eight, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Not until the year 2000, not until COVID, but yesterday, today and forever. Jesus does not change. Can I tell you that He is still a healer? He is still a restorer. He is still doing miracles. He, he still has power. He still has authority. The same Jesus that we read about in the Bible, in the Gospels is alive today. Jesus does not change with the times. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Following Jesus is not progressive. If Jesus doesn't change, then the calling to follow Jesus also doesn't change with the times. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. Whoa, you guys slacked off in Hebrews 13 verse eight, just saying. We're gonna do it again. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. There we go. It says, all Scripture. Hold on, did I read that wrong? All Scripture, not just Scripture, not just some Scripture, 
Not just the Scriptures that make me feel good. Not just the Scriptures that I read, uh, you know, butter me up a little bit. Not just the New Testament. Oh, that was a perfect time for the keys, Josh. Thank you. But all Scripture, it is spelled out there for us, is God breathed. It's not an accident. It's not incidental. It it is intentional and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. And training in righteousness. If you read the Word of God and your life does not change, then it isn't the ultimate authority in your life. How do I know that? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Is that Scripture isn't just there to encourage us, it's also there to correct us. It's also there to transform us. Can I tell you that the Bible is never designed to fit your life, it was there to transform your life. And if your life isn't transforming when you read the Word of God, it isn't the ultimate authority in your life. The Bible should change you, you shouldn't change it. It should change, the amount of times the Word of God has changed me. The amount of times the Word of God has corrected me. It's been painful, some of it. I've read it and I've been like, oh, conviction straight away. But it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. If I was reading the Word of God and everything that I read, I was like, yep, I've got it down pat, I've got it down pat, I've got it down pat then, you know, the reality is, is that it wouldn't transform my life. But I, you know, I don't, I can't skip the hard bits. I I have to read every single word. I have to be really intentional with what I read. Would we be a church that treats the Bible as the ultimate authority in our life? More than that, would we be a church that picks up the Bible? I find it interesting in today's culture that we can watch show upon show upon show on Netflix. But when we spend five minutes in the Word, we we start to put it down and get disinterested and distracted. We need to come back for a love for God's Word. If we're gonna see revival break out over this nation and in this church, we need to get a love for the Bible. We need to read the Bible, not just on a Sunday when it's on the screen. We need to read the Bible for ourselves. We need to read the hard parts. We need to read the Old Testament, the New Testament. And I think progressive Christianity is a massive thing right now because biblical uh, biblical illiteracy is a massive thing as well. People just don't know what the Bible says. So they try to make up what it says. But in reality, if you just were to treat it as your ultimate authority, it would change you and transform you. Christianity is not just about accepting Jesus and fitting Him into your life. It's about following Jesus. And there's a transformational process that needs to take place in following Him. The last thought for us tonight is that following Jesus is not an exclusive offer. So the first one is following Jesus is not always comfortable. Following Jesus is not progressive, but also following Jesus is not an exclusive offer. Romans 10 verse 9 to 13, an amazing Scripture. Oh, I was too quick. Romans 10 verse 9 to 13. Oh, come on. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the Name of the Lord will be saved. It's a promise. Not some that call on the Lord, not the perfect that call on the Lord. None of us are perfect. But all that call on Jesus and accept Him and follow Him will be saved. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's not an exclusive offer. That includes the broken. That includes the hurting. That includes those who didn't grow up in church. It includes those who feel like God doesn't want anything to do with them. It includes those that were born in Armidale, New South Wales. Me. Those that support New South Wales in the state of origin. I know it's hard to believe. It includes us. Those who support the Broncos. That's good news for Brisbane. No matter what family, no matter what school, no matter what university, no matter what family you're a part of, that call is for everyone. It's for everyone. He doesn't just say some. He doesn't just say, you know, those who, who like they might be saved. No, it says all who call on Jesus, accept them into his, their, their heart and follow Him with everything they have will be saved. It's a promise. The reality is, is that Jesus died on the cross for you, no matter who you are. Three days later, He rose again. Why would He do that? Because the cross paid for your past, it paid for your sin, it paid for your shame, it paid for your guilt. But three days later, He rose again so that you could live in a new life. What life is that? A life where you can follow Jesus, where you can be fulfilled, where you can have peace, where you can have joy. That is the good news of the Gospel. And tonight, if you're real with yourself and you haven't been following Jesus, this moment every single week, we, we love to just give an opportunity for those that are yet to know Him or, or those that are yet to follow Him to make a decision to follow Him. Christianity isn't about coming to church. It's not about just being in the building. It's about accepting Jesus as Lord and Saviour and following Him with everything that you have in every aspect of your life so that every head bowed and eyes closed in this place. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe for you, you thought it was an exclusive offer for those that grew up in church, for those that, you know, have it all together. Can I tell you, none of us have it all together. And I'm so grateful that when we didn't have it all together, there was a God that sent His Son for us. If that is you and you wanna make a decision to follow Jesus, Tonight, on the count of three, I'd love you to lift your hand. I'm not gonna put a spotlight on you. I'm not gonna shame you. I'm not gonna call you out the front, but I wanna pray with you because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your entire life. So on the count of three, one, He loves you so much. The Bible says there's nothing that you could ever do that could separate you from His love. Two, if you wanna make a decision, not just to accept Jesus, but to follow Him, and three, is that anyone in this place that says, you know what, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna accept Jesus. I see that hand over there. That's amazing, incredible. Is there anyone else tonight as I look? I see that hand as well, amazing. I see that hand down the back, that's amazing. A 
amazing. Well, God, I thank You for these people tonight that have made that decision to not just accept You, but to follow You. And God, I thank You, Lord, that the old would be gone and the new would come in their life. That You would show them what it is to live for You and what it is to follow Your footsteps every single day. God, I thank You for this church. I thank You that we are just on the brink of something uncomprehendable. God, that week on week, You would take us from glory to glory to glory to glory. And God, I thank You that we would be all moving towards the same goal. We would be all not just accepting of You, but we would all follow You with everything that we have. God, I pray tonight, if there's any aspect of our life where we aren't following You, where we haven't surrendered something to You, where we haven't laid something down at Your feet, would You take that from us tonight? We don't wanna leave here with those things. We wanna leave here transformed. I thank You, God, that we would know what it means to be a Christian. We would know what it means to follow You every day. And I thank You for what You're gonna do. In Jesus' Name, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Well, hey, can we celebrate those people?